You are listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org. Well, we've been working our way through a series of messages in which our focus has really been uh, to kind of talk about how to be at peace with people who are maybe difficult uh, or toxic, people that are just, you know, uh, very, very hard to deal with. And we've been uh, kind of looking at those kinds of relationships because they exist pretty much everywhere. They exist maybe within your immediate family or extended family. Maybe they exist in your workplace. Maybe they're in your neighborhood. Maybe even within your own church family. All of us have them. And what we can agree on is that they can be extremely exhausting and draining And because of that, we've been kind of talking about some prayers uh, that I believe if we earnestly pray these prayers, that we can position ourselves um, to receive the help we need and really the help that God desires uh, to give us in successfully achieving healthier relationships with difficult, toxic people. And so it's in and through uh, these prayers that God will give you the strength, the power, the ability, the perseverance, and the love that you're gonna need uh, to experience breakthrough and victory. And we kind of talked about these prayers because it's not something we can do on our own, in our own strength, in our own power. We need God's help. And so these prayers are prayers that we can pray to begin to reach out for the help God gives us. So the first prayer I gave you a couple of weeks ago was, Father, enable, empower me to forgive people. So no matter what kind of relationships you're having difficulty in, we must have the ability to be able to forgive, to release, and to let go of difficult, toxic people in our lives, first and foremost. That's why it's the number one prayer we started with. Because if you don't start here with forgiveness, with releasing those people, those situations, you will make very little, if any, headway in restoring that relationship. And the kind of power and the strength that we need to really enable to forgive others, especially those who have hurt us, is through God's power, his strength, working in our lives. Second prayer we covered last week was, Father, strengthen me to know and to accept my limitations. We talked about the image the Apostle Paul gives us there in 2 Corinthians 4, 7 of being clay pots. And we talked about that they're very, very common and easily broken, which we all are, right? He encourages us by saying these clay pots also contain a very great treasure. And that great treasure is the Holy Spirit and that it is the Holy Spirit who really desires to work in and through our lives in powerful ways in order to demonstrate to us that the power that is working in and through us is from God and not from ourselves. The Holy Spirit helps to remind us that we are not God that we are not in control no matter how much we think we are. There's always way more you're not in control of. And that God's power has the potential 
to be greatest in our places of weakness. So the third prayer I want to give you, and we're going to focus on this morning, is Father, renew my thinking. Renew my thinking. If you're ever going to be successful in dealing with toxic, difficult people, chances are very good you're going to have to renew your thinking. You're going to have to change the way you see, the way you think, the way you engage that person. And many times to change the pattern, to change the habit, You've got to change the way you think. That is what the Bible teaches. We must renew our thinking. Romans 12, chapter 2 says this, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, this pattern that Paul's talking about there that, uh, that we don't conform to anymore are the patterns of sin, of fear, of selfishness, anger, unforgiveness, any kind of pattern or habit of how we used to live and react before we became Christians. And Paul is telling us, you've got to let go of that. You've got to release that. You've got to replace that old pattern uh, of the world, of the way that you, you know, used to do things. And you've got to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, in other words, before I can do something different, before I can begin to engage you in a different way, I have to be able to think differently. I've got to be able to think about my relationship with you differently. I've got to think about it from God's perspective and what God wants to do in that. Now, there's two ways that we can renew our minds. And one of the ways that God does that uh, is, again, by giving us his great treasure uh, in, in our clay jars, right? And we talked about that last week um, Titus 3, chapter 5 says this, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. So God wants to renew us. He wants to renew our thinking through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit working in our lives. Now, the second way that God wants to renew our minds is through the Word of God. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 25 and 26, listen to what Paul says here. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Now Paul's kind of starting off here and he's giving some counsel to husbands and wives. But there in the midst of that, he says something very interesting. Paul says that he, and he's referring to Jesus there, might sanctify and cleanse it. And the it that Paul is referring to there is the church that Christ loved and gave himself for. And he says, with the washing of water by the word. Now in the Greek language, which the New Testament was originally written in, it has a couple of different Greek words for our English word, 
word. And I know that that kind of sounds like, you know, I'm, I'm stuttering when I say that, so you'll have to uh, kind of flow with me here, because there are two different Greek words for our English word, word, okay? One of the Greek words that we use in our English language for word is logos. The other Greek word that is used in scripture is the word rhema, and that also is a translated word in our English Bible. And so the way that we, uh, again, translate that one word, the Greek uses two different words uh, for the same word we use in English. Are you with me on this? Okay. I always think, you know, it makes sense to me, but I'm not, you know, obviously the ultimate test on that, so sometimes it's just good to know that what I'm saying is connecting. So we have no way from just reading our English Bible to know when we come across that word, word, especially in the New Testament, we really have no way unless you have a Greek Bible or you're using a Greek study aid, you have really no way of knowing is that word, word there, is it logos or is it rhema? And, and what you'll find is the Greek word logos, it is used in 316 verses in the New Testament, whereas rhema is used in 67 verses in the New Testament. So let me just kind of briefly explain the difference between these two words and why I believe it is so important for us uh, to know what Greek word is being used. Now, the, the Greek word logos it is specifically a written or spoken word that is generally given. Whereas rhema is a spoken or written word given specifically. So one is used in a broader sense, the other is used in a more narrow, in a more targeted way. And I'll, I'll unpack that as we go along. So logos is the general word of God, whereas rhema is the word of God that the Holy Spirit quickens to our spirit to be applied and used in a specific purpose or situation. Logos, that is, that is the written word of God. Genesis chapter one through Revelation 22, that comprises the logos. Whereas the rhema is a verse or verses taken from the written word of God and it is given to us in order to apply in our lives in a specific purpose or situation. Now let me stress here, logos and rhema are always, always, always in alignment and agreement with each other. You will never have logos say one thing and rhema say the complete opposite, never. Let me put it another way. Logos is the well of water. Rhema is a cup drawn from the well. Logos is the, the piano keyboard. Rhema is one of the keys on the keyboard. Vine's Expository Dictionary of New Testament Words defines rhema this way. Rhema is the individual scripture which the Holy Spirit brings to our remembrance for use in time of need, a prerequisite being the regular storing of the mind with scripture. In other words, the more you know of the logos, 
the greater the chances are that the rhema will operate in your life. Let me just give you an example of these two words, rhema and logos, working together in the life of Jesus. Because it's exactly how God wants us to apply this and use this in our lives as well. Now, Matthew chapter 4, you have the account of Jesus being tempted in the wilderness by the devil. Most of you are familiar with that story. In each one of these three temptations that Jesus faces, he gives a similar response each time. Now, in the first temptation, you may remember Jesus has had nothing to eat for 40 days. He's hungry. The devil comes and he tempts him to change some stones into bread. Now, Jesus is hungry. He, he's tempting him to do something. And Jesus takes the logos. Now that is, again, the written word of God. It was something Jesus would have memorized. He would have had pretty much, you know, um, the, the, the uh, Old Testament pretty much memorized um, as a young Jewish boy. So he, he's very familiar with the scriptures. Uh, we, we know that he's memorized them. He, he knows these by heart. And so... Um, the Holy Spirit quickens a specific scripture. He brings it to the mind, to the spirit of Jesus, and then Jesus takes that and he begins to apply it specifically in that situation he's facing with the devil, and then he just speaks out that Logos word, and he says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Now again, the word rhema, it's used to refer to the individual speaking the written logos word of God. And so Jesus takes the logos of God's word, what was written there in Deuteronomy 8.3, he's just simply quoting Deuteronomy 8.3 there in his response, and he makes it rhema by speaking that word and, and, and in a sense he's applying it to that specific purpose there in that first temptation. And Jesus does the same thing with the next two temptations. He takes the written word of God, the logos, and he, he takes that, the Holy Spirit brings it to his remembrance, he kind of quickens him in his spirit with this word, and Jesus takes that logos, he speaks it, making it rhema, and there he applies it in that specific purpose, that specific situation there with the devil, and he overcomes him by the power of the word. Does that make sense? Are you, are you all with me on this? Good, okay, I see at least a general population of you are with me, good. Now, in Ephesians six seventeen, Paul says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Now again, is that, is that rhema, is that logos? Well, what Paul's using there is he's using the Greek word rhema. The sword of the Spirit is not the logos of God. But rather, the sword of the Spirit is the rhema of God. Like Jesus, when the enemy comes, you, you don't just take him and hit him over the head with your Bible. Okay? When Jesus was tempted, he, he did not call down the, the whole realm of doctrine and theology when the devil gave him trouble. Jesus took the logos, 
word of God, the written word, as the Holy Spirit revealed that specific scripture to him, he spoke it out. He spoke the word of God revealed to him by the Holy Spirit, and in that word, it became rhema, and it became the sword of the Spirit that gave Jesus victory over the devil. You see how this works. You see how Jesus used this. That same sword of the Spirit, the word of God used exactly like Jesus used, will also give us victory and it will renew, and it will change our thinking, and it also has the power to transform our lives and our relationships. And one of the ways you renew your thinking is by changing how you speak. To transform, to be transformed by the renewing of your mind involves the washing of the water of the word through your speaking. Now, let me just give you an example of what I'm talking about. I've shared this Example before, so if you've already heard it, just bear with me because it's really a powerful analogy of what I'm talking about. A while back, I had woken up in the middle of the night, and I could just feel, and the only way that I can describe this is it just felt like a spirit of sickness, like a spirit of infirmity was just kind of landing on me. I could kind of feel the spirit of sickness kind of attaching itself to me. And instantly, I started feeling really sweaty, and I was really clammy, and I just kind of knew I needed to get to the bathroom because I was starting to feel very, very nauseous. And I said to myself, I'm gonna be sick, so I got up from the bed, went into the bathroom, and I just laid there on the floor. And as I was laying there on the bathroom floor, all of a sudden, just out of nowhere, the Holy Spirit just brought to my mind the scripture Pam read from this morning. We didn't coordinate that. But God had brought the scripture to my mind from Isaiah 53, 5, by his stripes we are healed. So I just started speaking that word out audibly, quietly, but I just audibly just started saying as I'm laying there on that bathroom floor, nauseous, clammy, I mean, it, I definitely felt like I was going to be sick. And at some point, I just felt the spirit of sickness, the spirit of infirmity, it just lifted off of me. I could feel it physically resting on me. I could feel it physically being released from my body. It just, it just left me. And I was no longer nauseous. I did not feel clammy. My, you know, sweat went away. And I just got up, up off the bathroom floor, went back to bed, went back to sleep. That was probably over 10 years ago. And I've never felt that spirit of sickness ever come on me or try to attach itself to me. So what happened is God quickened the Logos word from Isaiah 53, 5 to my spirit. And once I began to speak that word out, it became rhema. And I had victory over the work of the enemy. Before that time, whenever I would feel sickness come on me, you know what I would say? It's the same thing all of us said. I'm going to be sick. I'm going to be sick, and I was sick because I was, in effect, receiving that word 
Uh, I was receiving that through my words. Does that make sense? Think about that. We do that all the time. Oh, I'm getting a cold. Oh, I'm getting sick. I mean, I mean whatever. And, and we receive that through our words. But in that one instance, that one night, I did not receive that sickness into my body. It tried to come. It landed on me. It tried to attach itself. It tried to manifest. I just simply spoke the rhema word and went back to bed healed. I changed the outcome of my situation by changing the words that I spoke. And even to this very day, whenever I feel sickness trying to land on me, trying to attach itself to me, I just speak the words, by his stripes, I am healed. Now listen to what Paul says in Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So faith comes, my faith increases by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, is the word word there that Paul uses? Is it logos or is it rhema? Because it's going to make a difference in how you begin to apply and walk this out in your life. It's rhema. Faith comes, faith increases by hearing and hearing by the rhema of God. So whenever I find myself in a difficult place and I need a word from God or I need direction in my life, and God through the Holy Spirit quickens a word to my spirit and I respond to that word, I just speak that word out or apply that verse to a specific situation, it brings me victory. And he says what also happens is your faith increases. Wow, that worked. I actually did what the word said to do. God gave me a, a word in my spirit. I spoke it out. I acted in obedience to that word. It worked. Man, that increases our faith. That's what Paul's saying. And many of the difficult, toxic relationships we have in our lives are the results of the words we speak into those relationships. And the only way to change that relationship is we gotta change the words we're speaking over those people and into those relationships. Here's the thing, if you're telling people you'll never amount to anything, you'll never change, you can't do anything right, you're an embarrassment to the family, this is your fault, you're so stupid, then don't be too surprised when those same people never amount to anything, never change, can't do anything right, and are an embarrassment to the family because they're only fulfilling the words you spoke into them. The only way you will be able to change those difficult, toxic relationships is to change the way you're thinking by changing the way you're speaking. We begin to take the Logos word of God and we make it the rhema word of God, the spoken word of God. And when we do that, not only does our faith grow and increase, but it begins to impact and change our relationships. It renews our mind to begin to be changed in the way we think, the way we speak, the way we engage people in those difficult, toxic relationships. So all thoughts come from two places, from within and without, okay? 
Every thought you've ever had, every thought you'll ever have in the future comes from one of two places. It comes from within or it comes from without. So the thoughts that all of you are generally processing right now are either coming from what I'm saying, hopefully, uh, or from the thoughts you're thinking inside your own head. And the thoughts that come from within, inside of you, come from three sources. It's either coming from yourself, it's coming from the Holy Spirit, or it's coming from another kingdom. In order for your mind to be renewed by the washing of the water of the word, here's what we need to do. Anytime we have a thought, whether it is from within or without, we need to take that thought, we hold it up to, we compare it to what the written word of God says, the logos. And we just ask ourselves, is the thought that I'm thinking, the action that I'm contemplating taking, does that thought, does that action agree or disagree with the word of God? Is it, in, is it in harmony with what the word of God says or is it in disharmony? Is it in agreement or disagreement with the word of God? And if it agrees with and it comes uh, in harmony with the word of God, then chances are very good that the thought and or actions that you are contemplating that, uh, again, uh, those thoughts, those actions uh, would be what we understand as we begin to walk that out, as we begin to speak that out. We're walking in faith. We're walking in obedience to what the Spirit of God is revealing to us. And the Word of God makes it abundantly clear that when we are walking according to the ways of God's Word, we will be blessed. Okay? Maybe difficult in doing what God's calling you to do. But the fruit of that obedience will be that you're going to be blessed. That we'll be in a right relationship with God. When we're in right relationship with God, it's the greatest potential we'll ever have to be in right relationships with other people. Listen to what Deuteronomy 28, beginning with verse 1. And it shall come to pass, if you shall hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord your God to observe and do all his commands which I command you this day that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you if you shall hearken to the voice of the Lord your God. Then it goes on in Deuteronomy 28, if you're familiar with this, it kind of begins to list the specific blessings you can expect to receive. However, if the thoughts you're thinking, the actions you're contemplating are not in agreement with the word of God, that it would be in conflict with the scriptures, then chances are very good that those thoughts are either from yourself, your fallen nature, or another kingdom is speaking to you those thoughts, those temptations to act. And then to act on them would be what we would call sinful or we're being uh, in rebellion or disobedient. And when we are in disobedience and rebellion to God's word, we're not gonna be in right relationship with God. And then that's gonna filter down into our other relationships with ourselves and others. The most toxic, now hear this, the most toxic relationships occur because both parties to some degree are in disobedience and rebellion to God and his word. 
And the natural byproduct of that disobedience and rebellion is going to manifest itself in our relationships. Deuteronomy 28, verse 15, but it shall come to pass if you will not hearken to the voice of the Lord your God to observe to all of his commandments and his statutes which I command you this day, then all these curses shall come upon you and overtake you. And then beginning with verses 16 through 68, it describes what some of those curses will be like. Now, Deuteronomy eleven twenty six through 28 puts it this way. Behold, I set before you this day a blessing and a curse. A blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I gave you this day, and a curse if you will not obey the commandments of the Lord your God. I'm gonna show you something very interesting here. In verse 27, it states a blessing if. And what I put there in parentheses is the Hebrew word for if. A blessing if you obey. And then in verse 27, and a curse if, and I put the Hebrew word there, asher, in parentheses, that's the Hebrew word for the word if you will not obey. Now notice he uses two different Hebrew words there for that word if. Why does he do that? The reason is the first if of blessing is quick to come, whereas the second if of curses are slower to come. When you obey God and you do the right thing, you do what he commands, what Moses is saying there is the blessings are gonna come immediately. When you disobey and don't do what God commands, he says the blessings are slower in coming but they will eventually come. See, because God loves you. Yes, so the, the blessings are quick to come, the curses are slower to come, yes. So the reason is, is that God loves you and I enough that he wants to send the blessings immediately and allow the curses to come more slowly in order to give us an opportunity to repent and to turn from our willful disobedience. So again, when a thought comes to your mind, you have to discern, is this thought from me? Is it from the Holy Spirit? Or is it from another kingdom? I wanna, I wanna stop here. Uh, I've got more to say, but I, I think uh, it, it, I'm feeling kind of a sense of overload, and that's, that's okay, that's good. Um, but I wanna do is I wanna just kinda give each of you an opportunity to kinda begin to walk this out. What I'm gonna ask you to do, um, if you would, is I just want you just to close your eyes uh, just for a moment. Uh, we just wanna try to come into a place of connection uh, with the Father this morning. So again, right now, your thoughts are hopefully coming from within. I'm praying that the thoughts that you're having right now are, are thoughts from the Holy Spirit this morning, Father. We just ask, Lord, that, that you would just take our minds and, and God just begin to focus them on and through the Holy Spirit living in us. Father, we thank you for that. Father, what I would ask is... Um, for each of us in here who may be facing very, very specific 
situations and circumstances in our lives. It doesn't have to be relational. It can be something to do with our job. It could be something to do with finances. It could be something to do with sickness or disease. Father, whatever situation, whatever circumstance that we find ourselves in this morning, that where we just need some guidance from you. We, we're, we're wanting a rhema word this morning that we can apply in that specific situation or circumstance we're facing right now. So Father, we just ask, Lord, that you would take the logos, the whole scripture, the whole counsel of God, and you would just begin to quicken, that you would just begin to bring to our remembrance through the power of the presence of the Holy Spirit actively working within us right now. We just, we, we come into cooperation with the work, the move of the Holy Spirit right now. We thank you for that. Lord, I just ask that you would just begin to bring a rhema word, a specific word from the Logos. Give us the ability to hear it, to discern it, to receive it. Give us wisdom in how to speak that out and how to walk that out this morning. You may hear a word. You may hear a phrase. You may hear a story that the Holy Spirit's just gonna quicken to your heart right now. And what he's attempting to do is he's attempting to give you an answer. He's attempting to give you a response, a way forward through whatever it is you're dealing with. And it's just in the stillness it's just in the waiting. We ask, Father, that you would speak, that you would reveal, that you would show us, that you would lead us. If God's giving a story, again, just ask him for what particular part of that story are you wanting to really highlight, and then what is it you're wanting me to do in response to that? So again, Father, we thank you for your Logos word. We thank you for your rhema word. We thank you, Father, that when we just respond through our words in accordance with our actions, the Father not only does our faith increase, but you begin to renew our thinking and you begin to restore within us.
Father, I just uh, pray as, as people are receiving revelation, Father, that with that, Lord, you would give them courage, that you would give them strength. For those that may be feeling a, a sense of weakness, I can't do this. I know I need to, but I just don't think I have it in me to do it. That God, in that place of weakness, that God, you would just begin to show up that, God, you would just begin to move in such a way, God, that there would just come upon them a boldness, a courage. And knowing that it is in our weakness, God, that you desire to show yourself strong on our behalf. So, Father, I pray for whatever revelations are coming this morning. Again, just for a spirit of boldness, a spirit of courage. To just walk in in obedience, to hearken unto the voice of the Lord our God. And that God, when we do that, Lord, that we will be blessed. And again, we thank you for the power of your word, both the Logos and the Rhema. And Father, we pray, Lord, that you would help us to become more skilled, more understanding, and being able to apply both the Logos and the Rhema of your word. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information about Praise Community Church, to hear, that's what the Lord wants them to uh, walk in, that that's maybe